0: TheYeshiva.net Okay, please open your source sheets. We are, if you're Aleph, page 220. Dermit, that manoich fashtein, was men After a long discussion, the first ten chapters of this sicha, of this shir, of this address by the Labavitcher Rebbe, Focusing on the meaning of Menachem of comforting the Father. Focusing on the contradiction in davening between davening in the world of Nigla and davening in the world of Nister. Davening in the world of Nigla, which is basically addressing my needs, whatever those needs are, whatever I'm feeling at the moment as a need. In Nister, in Kabbalah, in Chassidus, in Phnimiya Satira, the focus of Davening is Koivid Rosh, focusing and tuning in to the fact, to the truths of God's needs. As I discussed last week, as we discussed in previous classes, the teachings of the Mag- the teaching of the Magad of Mizrich, and as Rab Daniel mentioned in the footnotes. Beautiful by the, the comments, beautiful comments the last few classes. Some people really wrote some very interesting and fascinating ideas, insights, questions, responses, discussions. There's a sefer called Nefesh Achayim, which is, uh, which is the famous work of Rab Chaim Rebchaim Rab Chaim of Volojin. Volojin is a city in Lithuania. He was the great student of the Vilna Gon. And he wrote a book called Nefesh which means the soul of life. And in many ways, it's one of the, especially in the yeshiva world, it's, an, till today, it's considered a, a, a classic. A classic where he, it's, a lot of it is focused on Kabbalah. It has a few portals. A lot of it is focused on Kabbalah. Many ideas discussed in Tanya also discussed there. There's also a famous section on learning the fourth portal on learning Torah, but of the whole section on davening. And over there too, the Nefer Shachayim discusses at length that davening is about the pain of the Shechina. I'm davening for what's missing in the Shechina. The Lubavitcher once wrote to somebody in 1939 that he's not sure, but from the Nefer Shachayim, it would seem that the B'chayim saw the Tanya. He went through the Tanya of the Balatanya. So after a long discussion about this contradiction and the questions and the beginning of the answer about the difference between the neshama and the guf, the soul and the body, and we discussed the concept of khira, choice, the choice of Hashem, which is in the body more than in the soul, and the idea of choice, that it represents the most essential, absolute connection. And when The essence of Hashem is manifest in something. So that is the entire reality of that thing. And the concluding result was that that the pain of the body and the trauma of the body and that which is lacking in the body and the void in the body is not just a physical void, it's a void in atzmos, in the deepest essence, which shows the physical body of the Jew. And when the Jew is feeling the anguish, when I'm experiencing my, my distress, my anxiety, my trauma, and this is causing me to pray, I'm davening, what I'm really experiencing is God's anguish, the anguish of Hashem. That is what I'm I'm really experiencing. And when a Jew is experiencing gallus, any form of exile and distress and subjugation and oppression, whatever type of oppression it may be, internal, external, what he or she is really feeling is the Gullus of the Shechina, the exile of the Shechina. Because exile doesn't only affect the divine energy that's manifested in the world in a condensed and filtered way. It affects the father, the father of the child who's in exile. And it affects Atmos, the essence itself. Because when a Jew is missing and lacking, even in physical, physical needs, literally, In those, in that goof, Atmos chose. That goof, Atmos chose. In other words, when I say chose, I explain what choice means. We're not going to repeat that all. You can listen to the previous classes. Choice really is a euphemism. Choice doesn't mean here, I have two paths and I chose this apple over this apple, which is basically on a whim. So, (laughs) you know, which apple was closer and easier to choose. Choice is really just a metaphor, it's a euphemism, it's a attempt to describe that which is connected to me in my deepest form without external influence. I want you to understand this as well. Choice is a euphemism of saying that which is connected to me in the deepest way without any compulsion or external influence. And because this pchir is in the guf, so the galus in the guf and the physical gullus become, so to speak, a gullus even in the av and even in atmos. And that's what the Jew is feeling. Internally, that's what he's feeling. And that's why we say that when you Daven, the Maggit says, Ein you are Davening for Hashem. Let this become your clear mindset, your clear conscious, that it's not just a personal thing, it's about me. Don't take it personal. It's rather about that God has a need. God is Kevayachal, missing something. I am his channel. I am his ambassador in the world. And then your whole davening is with a different simcha, with a different chiyus, with a different vitality, with a different stamina, with a different perspective. Sif Yud Aleph, page 220. The mit Sifri. noch gan is earlier in the sikh the Lubavitcher Rebbe quoted in the sifri the Sifri is one of the earliest commentaries of Teresh of al Medrashim on Chumash Bamidbar and Dvarim. He quoted the Sifri in Parshish Masse at the end of Parshish Masse, where it talks about not allowing murderers to flourish and exist in the land of Israel and thus contaminating the earth with the blood of innocent people, not exacting punishment from the murderers. So the Apostle says, don't contaminate the land where I dwell, because I dwell among the Jewish people. So you already quoted earlier in Sif Gimel on page 216, the commentary of the Sifri. And now he's going back to this commentary, but now we're going to understand a new level and a new dimension of what the Sifri is saying. The Sifri says, God says, I dwell among them. I dwell in their land, I live with them, and therefore don't contaminate that land because I'm there comes the Sifri and quotes Reb Nassim, and Reb Nassim says that the Jewish people are beloved. What makes them beloved? Wherever they go, the Shekhinah is with them. If they're in Israel, the Shekhinah is with them. If they go into exile, the Shekhinah is with them. And when they come back, the Shekhinah comes with them, because the Shekhinah is with them. And he brings different proofs from verses. Then comes Rebbe, Rebbe Nasi, and he says, I want to give you a metaphor there was a king who turned to his servant and he said, listen, my dear servant, you may be searching for me. You may want to know where the melech is, where the king is. So let me just tell you. If you're searching for me, you should know that I'm with my child. That's where I am. If you want to know where I am, you know, sometimes you're looking for somebody, right? So today, you text them, where are you? You send them a WhatsApp, where are you? You call them, where are you? The king says, "You're gonna, you're gonna search for me." So just know, I'm with my child. And then he adds, "Whenever you search for me, I'm with my child." You see, it's very interesting. There's a, a commentary on Sifri called Eimek Hanitziv. is the acronym for Naftali, Tzvi Reb Naftali, Tzvi Yehuda Berlin. He was the Rav and the Rosh Yeshiva of the Valosh and the Yeshiva. He passed away in the 1890s. So the netziv has many svarim, and one of them is called emek on the sifri. So the netziv asks, what's this redundancy in language? If you search me, I'm by my child. Whenever you search for me, and in the first case, it's not whenever you search for me. So he explains beautifully that what Rebbe is saying is, When you search for me, I'm by my child. Where's my child? My child is in his home. My child has a beautiful home. So I went to live with my child. That's where I am. But then he says, you may come there and you may see that I'm not there. (laughs) I'm not there. My child is not there. He says, whenever you search for me, whenever you search for me, you know, you search for me, you'll find me by my son. He says, but whenever you search for me, even when my child is not in his home, my child may be in the dumps. And you're searching for me, know that I'm always there. Wherever my child is, I'm always there. But he's not anymore in, the, in a nice home. He's not in a geschmack place. Why would I go there? Because I go where my child goes. I go where my boy or my girl is. He dwells with them in their impurity. Asks the Rebbe, is Luchayrin et Fashtandik? What says Rebbe Moshev of the Rede from the Bnosim? As Chavivim Yisrael, she bechal mukim shegalu shechinim, amchem chayzum shechinema. Ikh funze is doch Fashtandik as the rebbe the Shtandik mit iden bechal muk. What's the addition of Rebbe over the Reb Bnosim? The Bnosim said already, Jews are beloved wherever they go, and wherever they went into exile, the Shechin is with them. And when they come back, the Shekinah is with them. So don't we get from there clearly that Hashem is always with the Jewish people in every place, in every situation, under all circumstances. If they're in exile, He's with them. If they're back in Eretz Israel, He's with them. Reb made it very clear. Comes Rebbe and says, no, I have to give you a metaphor. Why? What is he adding? You told me a story that the king told the servant, whenever you search for me, I'm there. In other words, I'm always by my child and whenever, there's no difference. <laughs> No difference, it can be by day, it can be by night. My child is here, my child is there. Know that I am with my child. Beautiful. But Reb Nosson said that already. Every word, when the Chazal speak and they say things, especially Tomas Rebbe, Rebbe Huda Anossi, the editor of the Mishnah, who wrote the Mishnah based on the premise, to always use short language, to be brief, to be concise. The whole Mishnah is written that way. An extra word is already superfluous. We don't want to use any excessive and unnecessary words. The whole Mishnah was built this way. So here, Rebbe is adding something on Ibn Asr. He's telling you a nice story, a nice marshal. What's not clear in Ibn Asr's words that Rebbe has to add? It's a Givaldi Kikash. Nor the Chilitzvishnitzvay Manda is, but there's a big difference between the two. Reb is talking about the Neshama. Rebbe is talking about also the guf, the body. Reb Noson, the words Reb uses is chavivim Yisrael. Yisrael are chavivim. Chaviv means cherished, adored, beloved, beloved. Like you write in Hebrew, Yedidi Khavivi, my cherished friend. And it represents somebody who brings out with brings out in a very revealed way your sense of affection. Reb is talking about the soul of a Jew, which is connected to something that is chavivim. When you say in the language of people, "I have a feeling of chavivus," means I have this very blatant and revealed, good, positive feeling about you. We're not here describing the core of the soul that is beyond emotion, beyond what you're experiencing. We're describing a feeling that is revealed and manifested. And it's revealed in a very conspicuous and blatant way. And this represents Yisrael. Ibn Nassim says, By Hashem, the neshama is chaviv. The neshama is a manifestation of divine of the, of the divine. And therefore, like Chaviv, when you say something is Chaviv, it means, it's my experience of love. That's what the neshama, is. The is a And this makes it unique and separate from any other person and all other nations in the world. And in this soul, with this soul, we say, wherever it is, God is with it. it's mitzad Atsma, a Chelech HaLek HaMimah HaMamash. BeGolui. the and this is important for the soul to know because the soul on its own is a chelik aleikam mal In a very revealed way, that's what it is. It's a fragment of God. So just knowing that the shechina is with it, the shechina is with my soul, is sufficient that the exile and experiences and vicissitudes of exile should not dampen and tarnish and affect in a detrimental way the neshama. That's step one. If dem is Moses Rebbe, if dem is Rebbe Moses, wie das is euch mit Sad Haguf. Komms Rebbe in the Sifri and says, this is of deeper dimension. Und der Ribe bringt in the Moschel, the Melch, schaumala avdoi, im tivakshuni vakshuni, er aini ezelbonne. Kalsman schaat, tom a vakshuni, er aini ezelbonne. Vakhainu, weimen hasch euch in itom besäucht, Thomas. Da redt men niet wegen a sach, was es verbunden mit an ingen von Chavivim. Regis vigiloi, nor metan inyen atsmi. Bedugmas ha von avo ben, was das is verbunden mit Guf. Was in im is dab chiris ha atsmus, kiniskerle el, und er far alf, is er madgish, a das is kolsman chatum of akshani. Vibal, das is verbunden mit atsmus, muhu, mit atsmus is in demnit shaychin chilig vishinui. Bees, er bring dem possig aldera sa sharab sukim, ha shaychin itom. Rebbe comes and adds there's something here about the goof, about the body. And for this he needs to give a metaphor. The metaphor tells us that the king tells the servant, Whenever you search for me, I am with my son, I am with my child. As I said here, B'ni means my child. As long as you search for me, I am there, I'm just near him. I'm Eitzel Banai. And he brings the verse, I'm dwelling among them in the Tumah, in type of the Tumah. He doesn't use here the word Chavivim Yisrael. He doesn't use the word Chavivus. He's not talking about something that is a manifestation of the divine love, the way the soul is. The soul is a manifestation of divine love, of divine energy, of divine radiance, of divine light. Like he said before, what is a soul? Soul is a chalik alikamima. Why do we call it chalik, a part? God has parts. And the answer is chalik here, of course, is a metaphor. It means the soul manifests and embodies the divine light, the divine glow. Just like a child is a continuum of the parent. Child is not the parent. Child is something separate from a parent. But you'll say the child is a part of the parent. What do we mean a part? It's not chelik You take an apple and you cut it into a few parts. God doesn't have parts. But the way a child is a part of the father is not because the child is the father and mother. Child becomes separate. But as a separate person, the soul Manifest just like a child, represents the parent. The soul manifests Hashem's light. It's a chilek it, kamim. It, kamimau mamash. It manifests divinity. It manifests godliness. That's the neshama. What about the guf? When you look at the guf, you don't see anything. You see physicality. You see materialism. In fact, in, in, in many people's understanding, the body is lowly. The body is fair. It separates you. It's the physical disconnection from the source. But the truth is, what did we learn here? That the body's relationship is a relationship, it's called an atzmi relationship. It's an Indian atzmi. It's a relationship in the core of the guf. Because over there was pchiris atzmos. Yes, externally the guf of a Jew looks like the guf of a non-Jew. And that's why there's pchiris. Pchiris means you're choosing from. Could have chosen another body. Because externally, the body is not unique. It's not like the neshama, which stands in a different world completely. The neshama is apketel. The neshama, you don't have to choose it. The neshama is chosen by its own virtue. It's in a different world. It's in a different caliber. It's it in a different category. It stands its own. You don't have to choose it. If you want a chelika mal, there's only one available. It's like I said in the previous classes. If you're coming into a store... <coughs> excuse me um, And you want to buy a shirt and there's only one type of shirt you don't have to choose this is only. you say but there's shirts and there's also socks I don't need socks I have a hundred socks I need a shirt so if God wants the soul there's only one type of soul if he wants this type of soul there's only one type of shirt I don't have to choose the goof is different the goof. Is Like it says in Tanya chapter 49, we learned in previous classes, it's similar to other bodies. Over there is the concept of p'chirah. What's p'chirah? Pkhira comes from the essence. Where is it? It's in the essence of the body. And that's why the body keeps the score. And that's why the body keeps the divine score. And the body doesn't do it in a way that it screams loud. The body is not like... The, the body is not like... <coughs> the body is deeper than... The intelligence that's displayed through the human soul. The wisdom of the body is embedded in its very physical, physical patterns and pathways. It's hidden. It's not easy to see, but it's all there. It's all there. Because the body is connected, in its essence, to the core. So Hashem says, wherever you search for me, hareni etzel bonai. I'm with my child. I'm just there. I'm just there. It's not with fanfare and it's not with drama. It's not Chavivim Yisrael like in the first case. And that's why he says, whenever you search for me. Because this is something of Atzmos. There's never a change. The core of Hashem never changes. So it's always with the body. And that's why he says here, I dwell with them in their Tuma. The soul is not tame. The soul is shamach and a Ahoy Rehi. Tummah is relatable to the body because the body could become impure. The body could become affected. The body can become traumatized. That's where I am. The soul is beyond tuma. We say even words of Torah are not susceptible to tuma. So when he says I'm dwelling in the Tummah, it's referring to the guf. <speaking in Hebrew> Based on what we explained about Menachem. What did we explain? The Lubavitcher Rebbe asked, why is the month called Menachem? It should have been called of Menachem. The month when the father comforts the child. Instead, the name is the month when we comfort the father. So what did the Rebbe answer? He said Mele, if you're talking about, He asked, Mele, you're talking about Sadikim, That their entire experience of Gullus is not their own, but God's. I understand. The focus is, this should be a month when the father is comforted. Even people who their focus is on their soul. And therefore they feel exile as a spiritual experience where the father inside of them is displaced in an exile. We call it Menachemav. But for the regular human being, the experience of Gullus throughout all of history was a very personal one. It's about me, my pain, my distress, my family's distress, my community's distress, my nation's distress. And yet this is the name for all of the Jewish people. So the Rebbe answered. And this was the key point of the Sicha that when a Jew is experiencing the pain of Gullus, it is God's pain. It's not two separate things. You just have to know who you are. You're experiencing your pain of Gullus. You think it's me. It's my selfish, internal pain and anguish and suffering and difficulties and challenges. No. That's the external manifestation of it. What you're really experiencing is you have to know who you are. You are an ambassador of the divine in this world. You, when we say you, we're not just talking about your spiritual core. We're talking about you in your very physical manifestation, your soul in your goof, in your body. That is divine. That pain is the divine pain. You just have to know who you are. We look at ourselves, I'm a piece of meat and potatoes. A couple of bones, a couple of sinews, a couple of cells, a couple of neurons. He says, That's not who you are. You're atmos. You're not just a khela kele kamimal. This is phiris atmos. Choice of Atzmos. So when you're searching for comfort, you're searching for the comfort of your father because you are the father. This explanation answers a gewaldike question. Nechama Bechlal is <laughs> be'ez b'eimitzene getroff v'na d'over b'ilti rotzi. U'memala z'ayn dem chisaren kenernit is atzveter v'az was sich nit in dem Zalbentzustand. Gefind er al kolponem atreist Okay, this is the the final makemapatish. <laughs> The final inning, the grand finale of the city. What's nechama? We say menachem of to comfort. What is comforting? When we say, I'm going to be menachem somebody. I'm going to comfort somebody. I want to comfort. I want to offer words of comfort. What is it? Somebody experienced a loss, a source of pain, of suffering. They can't fill the void. They can't. They can't just, you know, snap their fingers and go back to the way it was before. And they are in a very vulnerable and painful state. So somebody else, a friend, a stranger, a relative, who is not in the same situation, comes to visit and offers some words or some gestures and actions that can bring some comfort and solace to the person who is suffering. Why do people who did not experiencing the loss come to be Menachem Avon? I understand the family is sitting together and grieving. And they find strength with each other, hopefully with their love and affection and commitment to each other. Why are people who don't even know them coming to visit? What is that about? Why is that part of our tradition? I don't even know you. And even if I know you, I see you once a month or once a year. Why are you here? And the answer is, it does something. Just showing up. Can they bring back the deceased? They can't bring back the deceased. You know, some people, they come and they think they're going to say some very wise and intelligent and brilliant things and and change the dynamics. It doesn't work that way. You just show up. You don't have to say anything. Especially if you don't know what to say, it's sometimes much wiser to keep your mouth closed. Because sometimes what people say during shiva calls is not only... (laughs) I'm laughing. Not only is it unwise, but it's often insensitive. You don't have to say something. Just sometimes people are so awkward with being silent. So they feel the need that they have to say something. They have to display their wisdom, their intelligence, their uh, their faith, their depth. You could be quiet. And sometimes silence, silence is the best response because there's really nothing to say. Vayidem Aaron. And because Vayi Aaron, Aaron was silent. Vayi Aaron means Aaron was silent. So what is it? Why do strangers come? The answer is somebody who's coming from a different place. He didn't go through this. Just him or her showing up. Just the action of showing up. Or hugging somebody. Or crying with somebody. Or saying words of love and sensitivity and empathy to somebody it gives them some khizuk, it gives them some nechama, it gives them some, some displaying that sympathy gives a person some comfort. Obviously every situation is different and every visitor is different, but that's the concept. That the person who's coming to give the nechama is not in the same state of the person who's suffering. Because they're in the same state of the person who's suffering Then two people who are suffering together in the same state can be there for each other, but ultimately they're in that they're in their orbit. Somebody comes from a different space, can do something or say something that shows connection. It shows that I care for you, that I'm here for you. Sometimes saying something or doing something and it's helpful. Asks the Rebbe a question. If this is the case, how could we even talk about Menachem of? We are comforting the father. Menachem of, the month when we comfort the Father. How can we even talk about that? When we are suffering just like the Father. We're also in galus. It's like if you want to comfort God, you need to come from a place that's higher than galus, that's outside of galus, so you can come in and give that other perspective. But here, they themselves are the victims. They need to be comforted first and foremost. Furthermore, they're in galus much more than Hashem, because the main galus is by the Jewish people. The reason Hashem is in galus is only as a result of the Jewish people being in galus. Like we learned before from the Sifri, and it's the famous Gemara Megillah, makim Imam. because the shchina is with the Jewish people. So by the Jewish people being in galus, the shchina is also in galus. The real galus is by the Jew. Because Hashem is always with the Jewish people, so when the Jew is in Gullus, Hashem is also in galus. But he's in Gullus because we're in Gullus. So how suddenly do the roles reverse and we become the comforters? Menachem <laughs> Number one, we have the same issue that he has. We're also in Gullus. Furthermore, our Gullus is the main Gullus, the worst Gullus. He's in Gullus only as a result of us being in Gullus, and yet we're the ones who are comforting so here the Rebbe says something absolutely incredible. And it's very, very deep. You have to tune in. This is this Sif, base Beis. Is the Be'er, the explanation is as follows. Based on everything we learned, we'll now be able to understand what this means, why God needs us to comfort Him, and how we comfort Him. When we have the same situation, we're in is just like He is, and furthermore, He's in Gallas just because we are. We're the cause. He's the result. Is the Birbaz explanation ben There's the famous expression in Gemara Mesekh Shvuas Memchas, and other places about a father and a child. The Koyach, the power of the child is superior, it's, it's better, it's nicer, it's better than the power of the father. Yes, is daf Just read it to you one moment. And this statement of the chazal, is going to become the basis of understanding this last point. I'm just going to read to you the line, and you'll see here also the connection between halacha and the spiritual component of life. Yeah. The Gemara says, A son's power to collect his father's debt is better than the power of the father himself. Because the son can collect his father's debt with an oath and without an oath, in certain instances with an oath, in certain instances without an oath, as the Gemara explains. The father, if he's alive, can collect his debt only with an oath that the that that it was unpaid. And he goes through the whole the whole discussion of how that works. That But in Svarim, this is brought as an idea that it's a general idea. Is and There's two sides here. The kayecha ben is jaffe from the ma'av. Only idach, it does go for the jaffe, kommt mi kayecha from the dem av. Vadam was the ben hat, kommt from the av. Now, we the ben, the ben von atzmi is shallah av, then he beken sein jaffe kayecha ben von dem av, and the kayecha sagiluim shallah. When we say jaffe kayecha ben mi kayecha the power of the son is better than the father, it's talking in halacha there about a getting back a, a, paying back a debt from somebody who borrowed money from the father but it's representing a truth the child sometimes emerges as far greater than a father but this represents two opposite statements number 1 that the power of the child is often superior to the power of the father number 2 this also comes from the father ben av is not just the power of the ben is better than the power of the father. Listen to what he's saying. ben Even the superiority of the child over the father comes from the father. That also comes from the father. You hear, is also That's a different type. Not, ben The son is better than the father even, that's true, but even that which that's also me it also comes from the father. Because everything the child has is from the father just like in Halach and that Gemara. The ability of the child to collect this debt comes from his father. Because he is the ear of his father if he wasn't from his father he couldn't collect the debt. That itself that he can do it and do it in a better way than his father is also from the father. What is this idea? What does this mean? Thank you. Everything the child has comes from the genes of Tati and Mami, the Y chromosome, the X chromosome. However, because you come from the essence of your father and the essence of your mother, so therefore you can bring out things from them that they were never aware of, because they're aware of their kaiches hagiluyim, their revealed faculties, but you come from the essence. So therefore, you bring out things from their essence that they never experienced in their manifested personality, and it's true in both ways. And we see it today all the time. If you want to know who you are, sometimes your deepest self-awareness will come from your children. They will tell you who you are in a way that you don't know. I know who I am in a way that Chassidus calls kaiches hagiluyim, my conscious faculties, my conscious personality. But my atzmias, my core essence, where do I see that? You'll see that in your child. Because a child is a manifestation of the etzim. And therefore the child could be much better than the father and the mother. And that's also from the father and the mother. Because your child brings out into the world things that the father and the mother never revealed, never manifested. It remained completely dormant and latent in the sub, 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 sub cellars of the consciousness of the father. It remained stored in the quintessence of the father. And then it comes out in the child. And it's amazing because the entire study of epigenetics today, which began in Mount Sinai Hospital from a Jewish professor, which basically shows how trauma affects the genes. And therefore it goes over from one generation to another generation. They used to think that you can give, you're responsible for the color of the hair of your child. And you're responsible for the color of their eyes. And you're responsible for their height. That comes from your genes. Today we know, no! Even things that happen to me in my life affect my genes. And even if it's not coming out in my life in a revealed way, but it's there in my etzem. And because it's in my etzem, it may come out in my child and my grandchild. But it's also true in the positive. Your child will bring out things from you. It's all from you. It's all from the father. But the father was never, never aware of it father never saw it, father never knew about it, mother never knew about it. Why? Because everything comes from the father and the mother, but the child comes from the at etzem. And because you come from the etzem, so therefore, you bring out things that were never revealed in the father and the mother because they had a relationship with their conscious self, not with their essential self. And the child brings out the essential self. So even the yafekayachaben is also mikayachav. The hez was todzich. Kum as the kesher atzmi was is dotzivishin etzma ben is nicken and then was the kayachaben is yafekayachav. So where do we see that essential relationship between father and son, or mother and son, or mother and daughter, or father and daughter? That essential relationship that exists between the core of the parent. And the child, where does it come out? It comes out in the fact that the child's koyach, the child's power, is greater than the power of the father. How? How can that be? doesn't make sense. If everything you have is from the father, how can the Gemara say, ben and the answer is, because you have the etzem, because you have the essence. <laughs> the father knows himself from himself, and we see this today. You know, You'll ask me, do I know me? Of course I know me. But the way I know me through my child, ooh, it's a whole different level. (laughs) The child gives you access to Etsy. And it's not easy. (laughs) Sometimes your child teaches you things about yourself you're not ready to hear. That's why parents get very angry at their children. Why do they get so angry at their children? (laughs) I'm not ready for this information. I'm not ready for this information. This is supposed to be hidden till I die. But your daughter is going to say it. And if she won't say it, she'll act it. She'll act on it. She may not even say it verbally. She may not even know it. But the etsem comes out through children. That's why when we speak about epigenetics, that the trauma that our grandparents had in Russia or Poland or Lithuania or Galicia or Hungary, it's coming out now. Hundreds of years later, Decades later, centuries later, it's not just with trauma, it's also with faith. All the faith that our ancestors had, all the wisdom, all the fortitude, all the love, all the resilience, all the strength, all the energy, it's also in the genes. Everything is there. We don't only inherit our parents' trauma. (laughs) We inherit that too, but we inherit a lot more than that. We don't only inherit trauma of 2,000, 3,000 years. We also inherit a of 3,000 years. We also inherit wisdom of 3,000 years. We also inherit fortitude of 3,000 years. So now let's get back to the nimsh. <inaudible> this is the key principle in the Sikhs. Everything in this world evolves from the higher reality. If it exists in biology, it exists in psychology. If it exists in psychology, it exists in theology. If it exists in theology, it exists in spiritual theology and it ultimately comes from Hashem and the relationship between Hashem and the world that Iin Val said this is also true about this concept that. The Rebbe is going to say K'vayachal here a few times because it's a very intense statement. When we say Yophe K'vayachal, the power of the child is greater than the power of the father. It doesn't start here below. It evolves from the fact that this is how it is by Hashem in the relationship between the father Hashem and his children. And now you're saying, what? I understand it here below between a father and a child. Sometimes the child does much better than the father. Sometimes every parent wants their children should be more successful and more expressive and manifest their talents and be more ambitious, and have a greater impact than parents. People are not jealous of children, at least healthy, functional parents. <laughs> I know there are exceptions, but generally speaking, people want their children to be more successful than them. But the Rebbe says, wait, it didn't start here. It starts up there. Hashem is the Father. We're the children. Yof ve'koyech haben mikoyech ha'av down here because this is how it is between Hashem and the children. How do you say this? So the Rebbe says kivayochel, so to speak. Mitzad dem two twenty two, the left column, the second paragraph. Mitzad demus in bnei Yisrael dolamatis frande koyech atzmos vert in zein isgala atzmius ha'av for vert nitn isgala ba'olamus lamayla afilu in the pchinis hachiel yoynes in elikus. Ube Mela in Bneisro Lamata is der Yofa Kayacha Ben, der Kayacha Etze Mamish, Eif Menachem Zain Kevajochel, a Vinushe fi Vialderich, Vimigafind Benigle de Tayrobe Goloy, as der Ebus Tezok Nitschuni, Bonae Nitschuni. I'm going to translate and then explain. Just like we explain down here. That a child captures the essence of the father and the mother and therefore the child can do much better because they have the power of the essence which is not even revealed in the father's and mother's life. It comes out in the child. The same is true when it comes to Hashem and the Jewish people. In the Bnei Yisrael you have the Kayah Ha'atzmos. Atzmos himself, which means the core and the essence of Hashem that transcends all the worlds, transcends all the spiritual levels, transcends all of the highest levels of light and divine energy. We're talking here about atmos, the core essence of Hashem Himself, which we don't have words for. All we could call it is atmos, which means the essence. In Bnei Israel, in the Jew, here below in this world, the Jew captures and embodies, embodies, and that's an important word, embodies miloshin body, it's in the body. He, he or she embodies Atmus. So in the Jewish soul and in the Jewish body and Jewish life comes out the essence of Hashem, the essence of the Father, even, even that which is never revealed in the highest worlds. Even in the highest levels of godliness, it's called the Pehinoi Sachil Yonis and Alekos, because in Kabbalah and Chasidus, there's so many discussions about the light of Ein Sof, and the Spheres of Ein Sof, and the worlds of Ein Sof, and the Heichalos of Ein Sof, and the Malachim of Ein Sof, and, and, and the various divine levels and manifestations, which are all divine. That's all an expression of the Father. That's all the way Tati and Mami, Hashem, the Shechina, expresses itself and manifests itself. But the child has something deeper. The child, even though the child is separate, the child is not the father and the mother. But there will be something in the child that will not be revealed in the father's and mother's own life because the child captures a part of them that is unspoken. The child captures a part of them that is inaccessible in a manifested way only through the child. And that's why what happens to a child matters to a parent much more than what happens to them. Most parents will give up everything, including their life, just to save their child. Somebody once told me mathematically it doesn't make sense. If the only reason you love your child is because you love yourself and your child is a continuum of self, of the self. So why are you going to give up your life or the child's life? And the answer, of course, is because the child captures and represents something to the father and the mother that is deeper than what they represent to themselves. What they see in themselves is their outer self. Even if it's their inner self, it's their inner self that is more on the outside. When they look at their child, they see something that they could never see in themselves. They see their etzim. The child holds up a mirror. The child is a mirror of your own deepest secrets, your own deepest atzmias. So he or she matters more than you matter because they represent a deeper level of you that you won't find in yourself, you'll find in them. You'll have an artist Who may devote years and years for a piece of art. And he put in all of his energy and stamina in it and wisdom. And that piece of art gets lost or gets damaged. We have an expression in Gemara, Adam Chas Almaisi Yadav. A person cares for the work of his hands. And if the work of my hands gets damaged, it's very painful. It's very hurtful. But you'll see that in a moment's instant, this greatest art, this great artist, if he has to give away or throw away that piece of art to save his child, he'll do it. Why? Yeah, you worked hard to bring the child to the world. Your wife worked even harder to bring the child. But this piece of art, this has been the crown jewel of your, of your achievements. This has been the crown jewel of your talents. This has been the apex, the zenith of your career. The answer is, even the greatest piece of art by the greatest artist is an expression of my koiches agiluim. It's an expression of my talents. It's an expression of my wisdom. It's an expression of my skills. It's an expression of my kishroiness, my chushim. It's not the atzmos. The child has the atzmos. In your child, you see that which you could never see in yourself. Something much deeper. Ah. Says the Rebbe, where does this come from? It's all a metaphor. Everything down here is a metaphor. We have Hashem. And when we speak about Hashem, we can speak about Hashem in His Kolchis Hagiluyim. The way He's manifested. The way Hashem is manifested in the highest worlds, in the highest spiritual levels, in the highest energies. That's the way Hashem is expressed and manifested. But then there's Hashem in His core. Where does that come out? That comes out in the child. So, in the Bnei Yisrael, comes out the etzem of Hashem. We, so to speak, embody the core core of Hashem, even deeper than what the father manifests vis-à-vis himself and his own spiritual environment. So so the Koyach ben, The Jew who is the Ben. Who has and embodies the Koyach HaEtzem Mamish. The essence Mamish. Is greater and superior to the Koyach av. Even though here the Av is Hashem. Because Av is the way Hashem is manifested as a father. In his own life. The way godliness is revealed. But the Etzem of the father. Comes out in the ben. So even the yafekayeh chaben of the Jewish people, greater than the av, is also and that's why we could comfort our Father in Heaven, because there's something in us that is deeper than the Father. We could comfort our Father in Heaven. We menachem of the Jew can comfort Avinu Shabbat because yafekayeh chaben mekayeh and he says we find this in Gemara in Nigla. The Gemara says in Meseches, there was a baskel, it's a long story there about the oven of Rabbi Eliezer, but there was a baskel, there was a voice of heaven that came out and said that the law is like Rabbi Eliezer. And Rabbi Yeshua stood up on his feet and he said, Sorry, we don't listen to voices of heaven. Torah was not given. Torah is not given in heaven. Torah was given on earth. We are the ones who have to decide God's will here. Not heaven, not even God's voice. Now what does this mean? Rabbi Yeshua is rejecting Hashem for the sake of Hashem. God sends a voice. Rabbi Yeshua says, Sorry God, We're the ones who know what you want. Wow. So here you see k'ayi k'ayi Such a tzushta Hashem's voice, the basket wasn't fake. It wasn't voodoo. It wasn't black magic. It was a divine voice. Halloch is like Rabbi Alianza. Bishua said, Torah ba is not in heaven. You already told us Akhiri Rabbim Lahatis by Matan Torah you said Akhiri Rabbim Lahatis. What is going on here? I don't say you're contradicting God. If you tell me the Baskel was a lie, fine. They weren't saying it was a basko, it was a lie. They are just saying Tairo was not given from heaven. We are the ones who know what Hashem really wants. So Eliyo, Rebbe Vyasa met Eliyahu, Eliyahu Hanavi. And he asked him, what did Hashem do? When Rebbe Yeshua rejected his voice. And he said, nitzchuni nitzchuni. Hashem was quelling. And he said, my children triumphed over me. My children triumphed over me. What does this mean? How do you triumph over Hashem? <laughs> how can a child, how can we be victorious over Hashem? When our very being, our very existence, including our ability to be triumphant, comes from Hashem. The answer is, it's nitzchuni Banai, because it's my child. And yofek, koyech mi mikoyech The child has his or her finger on the pulse of the etzim of the father. So yes, you can be victorious over the father because you bring the father back to who he is in the deepest place. What does this mean when it comes to gallus? When it comes to gallus, it means that... That the Jewish people represent the Etzim himself, the Etzim, Hashem's essence. And that essence, even in galus, remains essence. It remains infinite. It remains pure. It remains sacred. It remains holy. It remains Hashem. It remains Etsam. Like he says, Etzim doesn't change. As he said earlier, it's always, it's consistent. The Jew, the Neshama, and especially the Guth, embodies that Atzmos. That's what that's what we are. We are Atzmos. And that Atzmos could, could, could be in Galos and triumph in galos. That's like the essence of God that can go into the worst darkness and still not become, sur- not surrender to the spear, but to transform the darkness into light. So you have, when you speak about Hashem, Kevayochel, and we have to be very sensitive in the terminology, we have the way godliness is revealed. That's like the father in a conscious way. And the child is deeper than that. Because the child brings out something that the father is not aware of in his conscious self. What does this mean here? This is only a metaphor. It means by Hashem, There is that of godliness which is revealed and manifested and it looks godly. And that which looks godly remains in a godly environment. It doesn't go into Golis. It remains aloof, transcendent. All the higher worlds and the higher states of consciousness and the higher spheres. And that's all part of Hashem. That's the consciousness of the Father. That's the consciousness of Hashem. And because He is our Father, And he is our creator. So the Gullus, which is about, which is full of darkness and pain, eclipses it and creates a very dark situation. So who comforts our father? Who's Menachem love? Who could comfort the father? Only one person, the child. The child who's connected to a deeper space in the father, the child who's connected to the Etzem himself, the Jew who even down here, we are like, you know what it's like. It's like who did Hashem send into Galus? He sent His etzim into Galus, the Jewish people. We are like a manifestation of the score because we can do it. We can handle it. We can transform it. We make Galus. We turn it into Gula. That's what the Jewish people do. So when it comes to the month of Menachem Av, it's a month when we comfort the father. So the Rebbe explained because even though it's about our pain also. But our pain is really Hashem's pain. That's what it is, because we are Hashem. So now we come to the last step. It's not just we are Hashem, so our pain is His pain, and His pain is our pain. And when I'm comforting myself, I'm really trying to comfort Him. It's much deeper. We represent the etzem of Hashem, the core, 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 which is deeper than the Father. And therefore we can find a way of being menachem of, of comforting the father, even though the father can't comfort himself, he needs somebody from the outside. Who? The child who's connected to the etzem. Because we have the kayacha etzem of Hashem, that has the ability, even in the worst darkness, to always remain connected to the source of everything and never ever to give up and to transform it. And then we offer that menachem of, that nechama to the father, because there's something in the Jew that comes out, that doesn't come out even in the highest levels of godliness. Even in the highest worlds, and the highest levels of godliness, there's something in the avodah, and in the faith, and in the commitment, and in the warmth, and in the daily life, and challenges, and triumphs, and victories of the Jew, that doesn't come out even in the Father's conscious life, which is represented by the highest levels of godliness. And that's why Hashem says, My children were victorious over me. They tuned into who I really, really am. They tuned into my true will, to my true desire. They tuned into the etzem, so we could be Menachem the Father. Yud Gimel. It's true that the main part of Nechama begins after Tisha B'av, when we begin the seven weeks of comfort. But the whole month is called Menachem Av. Not just after Tisha B'Av. So this means... That the Nechama begins not just after Tisha B'Av with the seven weeks of comfort, but already from the first day of the month, the beginning of the month, is already called Menachem of the month when we comfort the Father. Because how does Nechama happen? Nechama doesn't just happen after Tisha B'Av when we go back to regular behaviors. I could dance and I could make weddings, etc., the nechama for galus ultimately happens through the behaviors of the Jewish people, because our behavior goes against chataenu. The only reason of galus, as we say in the musaf of Yom Tef, was mepnei chataenu galinu me'artzenu. Because of our misalignment, because of our disalignment, we went into exile. That was the reason. So, what's the nechama for galus? How do we comfort our father for galus? How do we ultimately change it? It's through the life of the Jewish people. And that doesn't begin after Tisha B'Av. That begins much before. And it begins especially of when of comes in. Khazal say of when of come when of enters, we diminish in different acts. All of the behaviors that we do now, in the beginning of Chodesh of. Which is connected to the destruction of the house of God. In other words, we don't disconnect. We don't run away from it. People wonder, you know, what way? What do I have to deal with the three weeks and the nine days and Tisha B'Av and all that? It happened so many years ago. Because the Jewish people say, I'm not running away from our past. I'm not severing myself from two thousand years of, of, of Jewish history. I would rather not eat meat and know that I'm connected to 2,000 years of Jews, than to eat meat and have the comfort of eating meat and the joy of eating meat, but severing that historical and deep spiritual consciousness that I am really connected to all these generations. And when a Jew behaves this way and commemorates the korban, was medem is men menachem of, is men menachem of, through this we bring comfort to the Father and to all the themes connected to the month of Av. Machlash dem It represents a consciousness. We're aware of the pain of galus. We're aware of the dysfunction of Gaulus. That's why there is mourning during these days. This itself weakens the destruction. It hastens the building, the renovation. And that's why there are new halachas that govern the nine days, because it represents the fact that the Jew during these days, doesn't run. The Jew during these days becomes stronger, becomes more powerful, becomes more connected to Yiddishkeit, more connected to Torah. There are more halachas that are applicable to these days than other days, which means there's more Torah about these days. A regular day is a regular day. These days has more Torah, more halacha, that the Jew embraces, that the Jew develops, that the Jew internalizes. And generally during these days, it's appropriate for a Jew to make a special effort to increase more in tefillah and more in mitzvahs and more in the service of Hashem. And in both extremes, there are the halachas that we do these days, which represent the grief of the nine days of Tisha Things that we don't do, that we would do other times of the year, and these days we diminish in these types of activities, as discussed in Shulchan Aruch, the various limitations of the nine days. But there's also the other side, that these days you add in Torah. And whenever you learn Torah, Torah is called the commandments of Hashem that bring joy to the heart. Especially there's an old tradition and a custom in many communities that during the nine days every day or at least sometimes they make a siyum on a meseyum, on a tractate and then Chazal say that when a Jew finishes a siyum it becomes a yomteh for the rabbi. So here within the structure of halacha we're creating simcha that the halacha allows for during these days. Because it's the simcha of learning taira, of finishing a siyam in taira. And the halacha is that if you make a siyam in the nine days, you can eat meat, and you can drink wine during that meal because of the simcha. He brings in in 85 and 86, that the Munkatcher, the holy Munkachar, the Munchas of, of munkach passed away 33. He writes that the tzaddikim, who came from the students of the Balshamtev, would always make a siyum a sechteh, in the days of of and eat meat. He brings in 84, that the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Chabad Rebbe, had a minhig, he would make siyum during the nine days between Rishchidosh and, and Tishabav, but he would not eat meat or drink wine in the meal. He would make a siyum to have that simcha, but he would not eat meat or drink wine. But whether it's this custom or that custom, the point here is, there are things that we diminish in simcha when it comes to these days. But in terms of Torah and Siyumim, you bring in Nechama to these days, hope and quality and faith and, and a joy of Torah. Bechlau, generally, during these days, Nachman and Limada Torah During these days, one should kachzich, kachzich means immerse themselves with a passion, much more in the learning of Torah, which brings joy to the heart. Especially learning of the halachas of the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash, its patterns, its structures, its pathways. Because Chazal tells us that when we learn how the Beis HaMikdash was built and what it looked like and its structural Uh, edifice, and all of the aspects of it, Chazal say that Hashem says it's like the structure has never been destroyed. And Hashem considers it as though you're building the home, even though we're not building the physical Beis HaMikdash, but we're building the Beis HaMikdash verbally, through learning about it, discussing it, exploring it, analyzing it, learning about it. It's alive in the Jewish mind, in the Jewish heart, in the Jewish family, in the Jewish soul, and the Medrash says in Tanchuma, that Hashem says, it's like you're building it. We we build worlds through words. We destroy worlds through words. We build the Beis HaMikrash also through words. And with all of these activities, Ma our work in our avoda is men menachem kevayochel avinu shabashamayim Kevayochel, so to speak, we bring comfort to our Father in Heaven. Our Father in Heaven, who struggles in Golos because the Jew struggles in Golos. And the Jew is an embodiment of Hashem. So my struggle is really a struggle. I have to know who I am. I am divine. Your Golos is Hashem's gullus, And yet you could be Menachem Hashem because of the etzim that you have. So we bring comfort to our Father in Heaven. And what does comfort mean? Comfort means you move away from the previous mindset to a new mindset. And this brings us to the word Vayinachem Hashem. Charote Vayachem. When God regretted existence and he brought a flood, it says Vayinachem Hashem. Vayinachem comes the word Nechama. So Rashi explains God moved his mindset. Previously I wanted a world and now I don't want. So he says what's the ultimate Nechama? The ultimate Nechama is that Hashem, so to speak... Brings about a different type of behavior, instead of the be- behavior of galus. As Rashi says in Bereishis vav, vav footnote eighty nine, that te- ke- Abraham will extricate, take out the Jews from galus, from exile, um and build them. The third holy sanctuary, the third base, the third holy temple. Adne On this base, the we say in the Shira and Beshalach, B'Shalach, we say it every morning, this is the Beis HaMikdush of Hashem, that your hands will have established and built. Bimheira b'yameinu, mamish. Speedily in our days, mamish. literally. I wish you all and send you my deepest love and blessings. And may we experience a month of Menachem already now be able to appreciate these words of what Menachem of means, knowing who we are, what we are, our strength, our capacity, what lay in every one of us. This Sikha is one of the greatest antidotes to trauma, in the sense of understanding who you are. In other words, if I went through a trauma, it's really God working through me who went through this trauma in order to bring light into that place because it's the etzim. And I want you to understand this. If I went through a trauma, it means that God, I'm a manifestation of Hashem's essence. So Hashem decided to go through this experience only to bring light into this place because the essence of Hashem could never be destroyed. So that's how I have to look at it. That's how I have to really see it. Hashem went through this experience through me. I was the vehicle. I was the channel because I'm one with them. I am a channel from Einoid Muvada through this, in order to bring light into this place, in order to bring light. So there's never room for resignation or despair or hopelessness. Because you were never really in darkness. Because Atzmos went through it. And Atzmos is not a victim. It's not defined by anything. Everything is defined by it, as he said earlier. So the trauma is defined as an opportunity to transform a new Vista and domain of darkness into light. That's how it's defined from Atzmus's perspective. And you were the ambassador because he knew that you can carry Atmos in this world and transform the trauma, and that changes everything. Menachem Av. And then we can not only we not only comfort ourselves we realize that we are Hashem so we comfort the Father and we even bring out something that's not revealed in the Av in the manifestation of Hashem in the Giluyam of Hashem because of the Kayacha Atzmas and may we experience this Menachem of in the most revealed and tangible way with the Gula Shlema, as he said Bim thank you and have a beautiful day take a few minutes of questions question number one so, this is an amazing idea. Are you suggesting that we have something to contribute to God? And that's why it's Menachem of. Okay, you're phrasing the question in a good way. If you take a look at footnote 82, The shallah talks about the idea. That Avayda does Kavaya, does Ara Avayda do something for Hashem? In some places it says, no, how can we do something for Hashem? He's perfect. Other places they say, no, we do something for Hashem. So the Shalom over there brings all the different opinions and he reconciles them. How we could say that we do something for Hashem. But there is that concept, Avayda Tzarech Kavaya, that because sometimes I love you because I need you. Sometimes I need you because I love you. So because Hashem chose to love and chose to connect, therefore He has a need and that need is absolute and infinite because the love is absolute and infinite. We discussed this at length in other shiurim with all of the sources in Kabbalah, the famous statement from Rabbi Saul Salanter about this. But the point is that there is this concept that a person could do something for Hashem. eh? Yeah. Is making a siyum not to eat meat and wine afterwards is a minah chabad from the ever? The Rebbe Hashab, The Rebbe Rashab, in, in halacha, if you make a siyum in the nine days, you can eat meat and drink wine. But the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, his meaning was to make a siyum, and he would not eat meat and drink wine. So therefore, many Chabad chasidim, they make siyum every night, or many of the nights, but they don't drink uh, meat. My neighbor last night, who's a wonderful satme chassid, he made a siyam on Masech Sukka, and he had a huge feast with meat and wine. <laughs> and the night before, I was at an event in Borah Park, they made a siyum, and they had a huge, big feast of meat and wine. So this is a minhig, a minig by the Rash, Rebbe Rashab, that he would make a siyum and not eat meat. I just want to announce again, that uh, Sunday is Tishabov. may it be uh, transformed to a day of complete joy. I'm going to be giving a shear and a lecture at two o'clock, two o'clock PM Sunday. That's going to be in the tent, 24 Shea Road in Muncie, and it will be streamed live by Hashem, not on Zoom, but on the yeshiva.net. That's T-H-E-Y-E-S-H-I-V-A dot net. We will also be taking a break from the live classes for a few weeks. I will be traveling. So the next few weeks, there will not be any live classes. Please share that with your friends or relatives who come on in the morning or come on for the Tuesday class. We will be notifying when we're going to resume. It's going to be in a few weeks, basically. Hashem. This class is brought to you by the Yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.